Hey, welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Blanc. I am super excited that you're here to learn about financial freedom with real estate. And one of the things you have to do as a real estate investor is to raise money so that you don't need a million dollars in the bank. Uh, but in fact, you raise it from other people. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about raising capital and investor relations. We're going to have an expert on the show that's going to talk about uh, all that stuff. Before we get to this, I want to uh, I want to give you guys a, a little bit of a market update. There's a lot of stuff going going on these days, and and to help me with that, I want to bring on the president of Nighthawk Equity, Drew Niffin. Drew, what's going on? Hey, Michael. How are you, man? Hey, good. So you know things are changing so rapidly now. I think for a period of years, the only thing that was going on is just getting slightly hotter than a month before, and now things are changing so rapidly on a month by month basis. You know, and so you know one of the things, of course, is the election now is over. Joe Biden's elected office, and then uh, real estate investors are slightly freaking out a little bit of what that means. Uh, you know, with Trump being there, but it would have been status quo. But now there's change, and we don't really know what that means, when it's going to happen, how big it's going to be. But one of the things that we keep hearing is these moratoriums, these eviction moratoriums, and we we start off. It sounds like a good idea, kind of like printing money was a good idea. And it worked so well the previous quarter, and let's keep going. And so what happens is it seems like these moratoriums are just simply being extended and extended, and the same thing happens. So what is going on with that, with that whole uh, eviction moratorium? Yeah, Michael, it's a good question. You know, you know, eviction is our primary tool in our toolbox for keeping our properties full and removing tenants who don't pay. And we, with the, with the most recent extension by Biden, we have an eviction moratorium through the 31st of March. It'll be a full year of moratoriums. So it's a big deal for us. I say it's like asking someone to play baseball, but not giving them a baseball glove. It's tough to do it well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and you would think that uh, you know the entire industry is an uproar. We hear about the hotel industry, vacant, redevelopment, going out of business, restaurants, right? And how has that affected uh, the apartment building side? Yeah, the shortest answer is it's been, it hasn't been a non-issue, but it hasn't been nearly as severe as we thought it was going to be, right? So, you know, when COVID started getting serious in Q2 of last year, we did a, a distribution moratorium. <laughs> You're talking about eviction moratorium. We did a distribution moratorium for that quarter because we said, we don't know how bad the storm's going to get. We're going to preserve cash, be able to ride through the storm and see what it's like. And so we did that in Q2 of last year. But here we are in January of 2021. And for the properties that we did a distribution moratorium on, we are doing a makeup distribution on those ones because our portfolio has performed well. And the delinquency hasn't been nearly as great as we thought it could be. And so we find ourselves sitting in a pretty good position right now. Yeah. So you're saying it wasn't a non-issue, but it wasn't an issue either, uh, meaning that it must have been an issue somehow, but maybe we, we fixed it or managed it somehow. What are we doing? How are we handling the fact that we can't just file eviction when someone stops paying? What are we doing now? And how is that working or not working? Yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm not saying that we don't have these issues. That with a portfolio of about 2,000 units and $100 million of real estate, we are going to have delinquent tenants no matter how rigorous your underwriting is. So we're trying to do three things to work with those delinquent tenants. So first off, if the tenant is acting in good faith and they're coming to us and saying, hey, I have, I, I lost my job because of COVID. I was in the, the hotel industry. I was a server. We're going to work with them. And this was the case, by the way, before COVID, but we're going to try to figure out a payment, to, uh, a plan to pay. And, you know, we're going to work with them as long as they're communicative and they're delivering on what they say. And there's an open line of communication. We don't want to evict, number one, because it's not 
economically a good thing, but also it's kind of, you know, it's, it's heartless if someone's working with you. So we, we try to work with them. That's number one. And number two, if they do become delinquent and it gets bad, we try to educate them about their, their situation. A moratorium doesn't mean you don't have an obligation to pay. It just means that our tool is restricted for some time. They still have an obligation to pay. And if they don't pay, there'll still be a eviction on their record. Collections agency might come at them. So sometimes when we explain that situation to them, we do get tenants to say, you know what? I'm just going to leave now as opposed to sitting on this unit for six, nine months and letting that account build up. So by educating them, we can often get them to self-evict in a sense or self-move faster, even though we don't have the legal authority to, to get them out right now. Yeah, that's a good you know, point. That's right. I, mean, I just want to say on that topic, people think that, oh, that's great. I don't have to pay. But yeah, you do have to pay. You still own the liability and an eviction is on your record. Uh, right. and, and, and typically there's, there's a collections process and no, and who wants that? So when they understand that, like, you know what, you're right. Instead right. of, and so and, this and, is where, this yeah. is where, sorry to cut you off, Michael, but this is where having an excellent onsite staff that yeah. knows their tenants, um, pays off. And that is, a uh, that is, that is forward leaning on communication. Hey, you still have to pay. These are what the rules really are. Cause these tenants often don't know the rules. You and I know the rules cause we live, eat and breathe this industry every day. We, we read the papers. But these tenants, they're like, oh, a moratorium. And then their friends say, or Facebook says, I don't need to pay. And they're like, sounds good. So it's our job to educate them about what the rules are. And often when they know the rules, they make smarter decisions. Yeah, that's right. You're going to say another thing that we do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have talked internally about changing the terms of our leases going forward. We haven't done it yet. But listen, what's the value in signing a 12-month lease if the tenants can just sit on that lease and say, hey, I have a right to be in here for 12 months, but we can't also, the other side of the coin is force them to pay. So if you alternatively have a month to month lease, then they no longer have a legal right or contractual right to be in that unit for nine, 10, 11 more months. So we're discussing that there's some reasons not to do it, but we're thinking outside the box because we are in a outside the box kind of world right now with with uh, COVID and with the eviction moratorium. So we're looking at that as well. What's your outlook for continued moratoriums and, and collections in general? Well, so our collections are still really strong, right? We thought they were going to, we, we stress tested the models. They're still really strong. They're not as strong, but they're, they're, you know, pennies on the dollar less than they were before. So I think collections will continue to be strong. I think we'll continue to have eviction moratoriums. I think yeah. that's a new reality. I, I hope and this, you know, as we broadcast right now, hasn't been passed this latest stimulus package, but I hope that that rent assistance is tied with eviction moratoriums. They should go hand in hand and we'll see how that plays out. But that's going to be very key. But I expect these things to continue. I do. Drew for president. Now, appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> coming on. I love <laughs> no, this. I'm gonna... not a candidate. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do this uh, about, about monthly or so and just kind of keep everybody abreast of what's going on right now. So I appreciate it, Drew. Thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Good talking to you. Yeah, so multifamily continues to perform uh, at a really high level again in the second recession we've had over the last you know 15 or so years, 2008 being the last one. Just continuously, uh, just impressed by how it performs and how resilient it is. A lot of it is driven that we have a huge affordable housing shortage, and we can tell by the ongoing demand, both for housing on the collection side as well, uh, the lease ups, the traffic, the traffic we're seeing, as well as of course the demand on the buy side, as well. So uh, if you are interested in investing in multifamily syndications, we'd love to have a chat with you. Uh, we're always working on, on deals. 
Uh, but we do need to talk to you first. We can't just show you a deal. So head on over to NighthawkEquity.com. Click the Join button to join our Nighthawk Investor Club. Fill out a short form and then schedule a call with us. Uh, and when you do that, you are going to most likely speak to our next guest, David Mylan. And uh, he is our uh, Director of Investor Relations. He spent several years with a very high-profile uh, syndicators and has a lot of experience that he brings to, to the Nighthawk Equity team. And I'm going to talk to him about uh, things like conducting a capital raise campaign, producing content, and then investor relations. So let's get right into the show with David. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Block. David, how's it going? Michael, it's going great. Thanks for having me on this. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is really good. I'm, I'm glad you're you joined us fairly recently. You're a super fast learner, but you also came with a with a lot of experience uh, as well. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So uh, again, my name is David Mylan. I my current role here at Nighthawk is the director of investor relations. A little bit about myself. I'm 27 years old. I spent the majority of my life in Northern California in the Bay Area, a little town called Pleasant Hill, which is about 30 minutes outside of San Francisco. Spent majority of my life there and you know bounced around through a couple colleges um, until I finally settled down with UC San Diego. That's where I currently reside, San Diego. Got my major there, bachelor's in economics. And that kind of helped me uh, you know, understand you know, the economic world a little bit better, the, uh, including real estate. Helped me land a job as an investor relations coordinator. Um, and I eventually used that experience to kind of catapult me towards Nighthawk as, as the director of investor relations where I am right now. Yeah. So currently residing in San Diego still. That's awesome. Yeah, great town. Weather's always like beautiful there. So yeah, you picked a great, <laughs> great place and you stayed there. So we have this, uh, we have this concept of raving fans. And, you know, we, we, that's kind of our theme for this year across the board, across our all companies is that we want to turn prospects or, or, or people who just stumble across us or download something, we want to turn them into raving fans. What is that concept? How does that concept apply to investors at all? Yeah, so that's that's kind of one of our main goals here. We want to turn potential investors into raving fans. That's, I would say for me, that's my main goal along with uh, just, you know, helping provide quality investment opportunities to our investors. And so what we mean by that, like how we want to, you know, transform these potential investors into raving fans, right? It's not just about having, you know, great investment opportunities. Obviously, that's a part of it. We want to, you know, provide as high quality investments as we can to our investors, but there's more to it than that, right? What we want to do is we want to be there for our investors. We want to communicate with them early and often um, about these investments. For example, you know, what we do is we provide regular content to these investors in the sense of, we're constantly emailing them saying, hey, you know, uh, here's what's coming down the pipeline. Here's how to invest. If you have questions about investing using a retirement account, things like that, we're, we're here to kind of guide investors through that process. Um, and I think that's a key, key part of, you know, turning investors into raving fans because, you know, it's, 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 it's really building that trust, which is a key factor in it that I've learned over the years. You know, we want to we be able to have investors trust us. Because at the end of the day, they're putting a lot of capital into our investments potentially. And so we want to be able to say, we want investors to be able to say, hey, you know, I really trust Nighthawk to kind of have my capital work for me. Um, and, you know, we try to achieve that by, you know, providing regular content, uh, being available for phone calls, being responsive to emails, all that sort of thing, just to help investors know that we're here for them. Yeah, content is, is key because we point content at, at different people. We uh, So when someone downloads uh, one of our free downloads, we have maybe a report that compares multifamily investing to the stock market. That's available at themichaelblank.com forward slash report. 
So when you download that, uh, we start, you know, welcoming you, introducing you to the team, who the who the people are on the team. And then, of course, we try to uh, have a, a call with you because obviously you downloaded that for a reason and we want to educate you about uh, about investing with us. And then we also want to have a call with you because why is it important, David, to first of all, to have a call with people before we even share an opportunity with them? Yeah, so it kind of ties back to one, what I said before about establish, establishing trust. I mean, um, one of my roles here is to be able to kind of say, hey, you know, I, I spoke with this investor on the phone. Maybe it was just a 15 to 20 minute call, but I got to know them just a little bit better, right? One of the things that I want to do in addition to, you know, on that phone call is, you know, I want to share a little bit about Nighthawk, you know, what makes it special, things like that. But I also want to understand their, their investment profile a little bit better. And that's super important because part of, you know, being able to provide a quality investment opportunity to our investors, it's not just about the actual property itself. It's really about tailoring it to your invest investors, you know, profile, because some investors have different preferences and you want to be able to, at least me for my, my personal role as investor relations director, I want to be able to know what each of my investors is looking for, what their time horizon is, things like that to really help them understand why this deal is good for them. Um, and I think that's super important for my role. How do you track all these conversations? What do you, what do you do? What do you use? Uh, well, we, we have a variety of systems here. Um, one thing that we use is, uh, you know, we, we, we keep notes, um, in a specific, a system we have, we have, you know, numerous systems, active campaign, we have, you know, a, a spreadsheet that we use to track these investors. And, you know, part of it is being, you know, very meticulous with these investors, right? We want to know um, exactly, you know, what we talked about, whether it was 12 months ago, or, you know, 12 minutes ago, if I had just talked to them, I want to be able to go back to that conversation, look at the notes, you know, in the spreadsheet that we have and say, Hey, I talked to this, this investor, you know, Joe Smith right here. I know exactly what we talked about. I know exactly what his goals are. And next time he reaches out to us or we reach out to him, I'm going to be able to, you know, touch base on him as if we never skipped a beat. So it's very important to do that. Yeah. Keeping, keeping notes is important. Now, you, 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 people come in at different stages and, uh, you know, they, just because someone downloads one of our free downloads doesn't mean they're ready to, to invest. They might just be, be intrigued by this whole thing. They've invested in the stock market all their life or trusted their financial advisor and they heard about this syndication thing. So they Oh, let me download this piece of information. So content serves serves our audience and our investors by educating about this thing of syndications that a lot of people aren't familiar with. They've heard about it maybe on a podcast and a book. And so we educate them. And so part of the, uh, you said it's important to build trust with them and that is very important. And you do that by educating them. Uh, how do we produce content? Like talk about the frequency and then, and kind of our, our process for producing content. Yeah, so content is something we're actually looking to ramp up pretty soon. Um, I know in the past Michael had sent out uh, frequent emails. I would say, you know, on probably you know biweekly to monthly basis, basically providing information, um, you know, to investors on stuff that I'd spoken about before, what the investor pipeline is 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 doing these days, um, how they can invest, things like that. And so I'd expect that content to kind of ramp up in the near future. Uh, myself, you know, me and Michael, we're working on uh, different ways to get that out, and uh, you know, not just different ways, but more creative content to put out. Um, to really, you know, aid investors in their in their in their financial journey, right? That's the end goal. We want to be able to not only provide quality investments to them, but also, you know, we're teachers, we're educators, and we want to be able to show investors how to invest. Yeah, if you're a syndicator raising capital, you really have to start thinking around content. It's the heart of any syndicator who's starting to raise money at any kind of scale. It's all about content, educating, and building trust. So the way we do it is we kind of batch it up. Uh, so David is constantly speaking to investors. He'll get questions, concerns, or whatever. He creates a list from those, and then he says, hey, Michael, I think, I think we should uh, talk about these four 
topics. So he says, hey, here are the themes. He puts together some talking points and then we record four in a row, you know, four videos. That's essentially, we hand, the, hand that over to our production team and they then create the content from that. They edit the videos, they put it on YouTube, they create a blog post, they create an email from that, they put it on social media. So that the level of effort on David's and, and our part, you know, the, the capital raisers, the syndicators, the operators is relatively uh, minimal, but it requires an investment because I got to pay someone to do all that stuff. We have to, we actually literally pay people to do that kind of stuff. And so as a syndicator, as you're getting up in scale, you really have to start thinking around outsourcing the production of your content, not so much the creation, because the creation really has to come from me and from David and from the Nighthawk team because people want to hear from us. But the production and distribution, you can outsource. Um, so if you want to learn more about that, about building an online thought leadership platform, check us out at theplatformbuilders.com or platformbuilders.com. These are actually live workshops to help syndicators who have raised capital before 10 extra capital raise. And it's really all about how do you build a thought leadership platform? And at the core of that is how do you actually create content on your regular basis? So content is super important if you want to scale your syndication business. Now, we talked about raving fans, David, and, and so we talked about, my gosh, what can we do to go above and beyond maybe what's expected uh, by the normal you know, investor? And sometimes these investors have invested with others. What are we trying to do to kind of go above and beyond what might be expected? Yeah, so good question, Michael. I'd say it all kind of boils down to uh, communication, right? If you want to go above and beyond and really provide that kind of white glove investor experience for investors, you need to communicate with them. You need to let them know what's going on with their capital, or even if they haven't invested with us, you know, if they're looking to invest, you need to stay on top of things. Let them know, hey, we have a couple of deals coming up in the pipeline. Do you have any questions about them? Things like that. So communication is the main thing. For example, one of the things that we do for uh, people who are already invested with us, we provide what's called monthly webinars, right? We have investor update webinars that we do. Uh, myself, you, Michael, um, as well as Drew and Garrett, who are general partners for Nighthawk, they jump on a webinar after close and they kind of, you know, communicate with investors, you know, how the property is doing, uh, when you can expect distributions, what's going great about the property, what needs to be worked on, things like that. So, you know, special things like that, where we really take the time to, you know, inform investors how their property is doing. In my opinion, you know, you want to, you want to do that as much as possible because let's face it, these investors are, you know, they're putting in at minimum $75,000 for our investments, you know, they want to, they want to know what's going on with their money. And so as long as we can stay on top of that and communicate with them as much as possible, that's kind of the treatment they're looking for. Uh, because again, they're trying to get trust out of it. They're trying to get a sense of comfort knowing that their, their money is safe with us. Well, that's right. I mean, we do this for the first 90 days after we close, we do a monthly webinar call only because sometimes, especially when it's a first time investor, they're not really sure. Oh my gosh, did I do the right thing? And now the money is tied up for five years. Oh my gosh. And they freak out. And so when they see the team after close for three months, they kind of go, they calm down a little bit and go, oh gosh, okay, I see the team, they're cool, they're responsive, things are going well. And, and it's for the first timer, you know, you get this buyer's remorse sometimes and, and we kind of address it in that way. Uh, the other thing we want to do is we want to kind of build stronger relationships with our investors in general, but specifically with those who invest more strategically. Talk a little bit about, about that. Uh, investors who invest more strategically, you're talking about? Yeah. like. 
Could you be a little bit more specific? Yeah, I mean, like how do we, we're, we're trying to build up the, uh, you know, the Nighthawk Investor Club, for example, where we're basically, we're, we have uh, different tiers per, per se, right? Where someone who invests maybe at a minimal level in one deal may be uh, treated a little differently than someone who's, you know, invested a million dollars across five deals, for example. And, you know, this is something that we've never done before. You know, we attracted multiple investors. And well, meanwhile, we have someone, you know, into us for a million dollars. And, you know, maybe I've never even spoken to them before because they spoke to, to you or to one else on the, on the team. And, and it occurred to us, my gosh, what can we do to really recognize those people who have invested with us strategically? And how can we uh, get others to invest more and repeatedly? And how we, can we attract other more strategic investors as well? Yeah. Okay. That's where you're coming from. So yeah, part of my role here coming into Nighthawk as director of investor relations was to kind of build that out and flesh it out. The, the idea that you're talking about, the investor club tiers. And so we've spent the last couple of months building it out. It's not finished yet, but the main idea behind it is, like you said, we want to reward investors who are you know, you know, putting large amounts of capital into our deals, right? It's almost, you can kind of think of it like a frequent flyer type of deal where you know the more deals you have, the more money you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it, right? And so it's a little bit of, uh, you know, from the investor point of view, it's a little bit of, you know, incentive for them. Like, hey, you know, um, I was going to put maybe 75000 in this deal, but, you know, they've got all sorts of cool rewards here. Maybe I'll put $150,000 into it. So we want to, we, we definitely want to be there for every investor possible. But, you know, there's, there's certain investors who invest with us in every single deal or ones that put, you know, $500,000 into a couple of deals. We want to make sure those investors know, you know, we're here for them. We're going to treat them well. We like to give back. Um, and so for those particular investors, we want to make sure we're rewarding them properly. And that's what the investor club tier is all about. Yeah, we want to treat them special. Uh, all of our investors are special, really. And how do we do that? How frequently do we inter interact? What medium do you use? Uh, maybe there's a gifting strategy. Maybe there's an in-person strategy. Maybe there's a virtual strategy. Right? So how can we essentially create a community uh, from our investors? And I think that's a bit unusual. So we're putting a lot of thought and effort into, into that and hopefully rolling that out here in a, in a month or two. Let's talk about the, the capital raise campaign because you know these are always very exciting when they happen. How do we how do we conduct a capital raise campaign? Like what, like we did we did uh, we did two in late 2020. Uh, you were part of of the, of the last one, which is kind of kind of crazy. But what is what does that normally look like? Yeah, so it's it's a whole ordeal. It's a big process, um, as you can imagine. I mean, our last deal that we closed up on Crest the East Cobb. That's what that's what the property was called. Is located in Marriott, Georgia. For that one, we raised $11.6 million. Obviously, to listeners out there, that's that's no small amount of cash. So it took quite a bit of efforts from us, but we got it done. And so really what it boils down to is here's how the process goes. We, at some point, we at Nighthawk, we will email you if you're on our investor club list and we'll say, hey, we have a new opportunity come up, coming up. Typically, you know, from that first email, two weeks after that is when we'll have the webinar for it, right? So say we come out with an email, we'll give you some preliminary information about that property where the property is located, details about the returns, details about the actual market, things like that. And you can kind of decide from there if you want to invest. Now, you'll get a series of emails after that within the next couple of weeks, you know, three or four emails, you know, um, either rehashing some of that information, providing new information, just trying to make sure that you understand the investment, right? After you get those emails, again, two weeks after the initial email, that's when we jump on a webinar, uh, mainly Michael, Garrett, and Drew, as well as myself, kind of talk about the deal in more depth. Right, so that's when investors can register for it. They can jump on, um, and from there they can really decide if they want to invest based on the content they got, based on what we talk about on the webinar. And so, you know, during the webinar night, that's kind of when the floodgates open. Right, that's when investors are able to start filling out the paperwork, 
that's when they can start getting their funds in. And how do they do that? Is that a, uh, is that a, a, a manual process? Is it uh, more automated? Talk about, talk about that process, how we manage that. Yeah. So from the point of view of the investor, it is something, you know, it's a little bit manual in the sense that they are going to have to fill out paperwork. You know, honestly, it's fairly quick. I mean, we, we definitely recommend going through the paperwork, but as far as the signature spots, it's just a couple, couple spaces. You'll just sign a couple important contracts. It's the PPM um, as well as the company agreement. Um, and then from there, you know, once you sign those, our team will review it. And once our team, you know, says you're good to go, we will send funding instructions to you. And from there, the only step that remains is for you to actually fund the investment. So it's really just filling out paperwork, getting your funds in, boom, the process is done. That's kind of why we encourage investors to do a little bit of research beforehand, just because, you know, oftentimes we do fill up the night of the webinar or, you know, 24 hours after. Now, we used to do this kind of manually, manage this in spreadsheets and emails, but uh, we do use investor portals now, uh, which really makes the experience much better for our investors, but also for us as well, uh, because all the stuff is managed in the portal. You log in, you look at the opportunity, you review it, you express your interest. Uh, once you do that, you can docu-sign the documents. Once you do that, you get the, the wire fees. And so theoretically, you can basically click everything on, on auto up accept or you can have us re review it, which is always a good idea. But the point is that the entire workflow is largely automated, which makes that a real joy almost uh, from, from the investor just moving through. They can move down as quickly or slowly as they want. And the other hand, we don't have to chase a bunch of people because there's email reminders built in. Hey, I noticed that you uh, you submitted your investment amount but didn't DocuSign, or you DocuSign, you didn't, you know, wire the money, whatever the case may be. So really, really, uh, it really streamlines the entire process as well. So then, once we close the deal, right, uh, and that's where you know we send out an email and say, hey, we're closed. And then once a month for nine days, we have these webinars where keep people apprised. And then what happens after that? So it closes, you know, and the dust settles a little bit. What do we do with regards to investor relations after the close? Yeah. So again, this ties back into the communication aspect that I was talking about before. Um, I think you had mentioned right now that, you know, post close, what we do is we do three uh, follow up webinars and those occur in a monthly pattern right there. So, you know, say we close up on, you know, December 1st in a property, you know, we're going to have on January 1st, February 1st and March 1st, we're going to have what we call investor update webinars. That's where, you know, Michael, myself, Drew and Garrett Lynch, we all jump on a webinar and again, talk about what's going on with the property, when you can expect distributions, things like that. After that three month period. So we're at January, February, March. So starting April 1st, that's when we start doing what's called, um, or really the same investor updates, but it's now in the form of email. It's written up by Drew Niffen. He's the president of Nighthawk. And those will occur every single month after that for the duration of the property, right? So again, communication is key here. We're going to communicate with you at least once every month. And you know, one of the things that we like to do is, for instance, Drew, he lives, Drew Niffen, who I mentioned, he leaves his phone number at the bottom of every report. Um, every email that I send, my phone number is at the bottom of that as well. Uh, we're here for investors to, you know, be contacted if they have any questions and we'll, every single time we'll get back to you within a 24 hour period. All right. So this has been, this has been great, uh, David. So what's kind of your advice to, to syndicators as they are interacting with, um, you know, with investors? What's some of your, your parting words of wisdom? Advice for other syndicators? Yeah. I would say, you know, kind of wrapping all this up, you know, it's about, it's not necessarily about, I mean, one of the goals, of course, is raising capital, right? As a syndicator, you want to raise as much capital as possible for deals and make your life easier in that way. So that's only kind of one goal that I would say. The other goal is really to provide a sense of comfort for these investors, right? And, you know, I kind of mentioned before, that's done via communication. You want investors at the end of the day to say, hey, 
I'm comfortable giving $75,000 of my hard-earned money to you as a syndicator, right? And you're not going to be able to raise capital without that comfort level. Because at the end of the day, that's capital that they worked hard for. And you know, they're they're evaluating other syndicators, right? I've I've had calls with investors who, you know, openly and candidly said, I'm talking to four or five different syndicators right now. What sets you guys apart? Right. And so it's a tough question to answer because, you know, other syndicators, it, it's possible they offer higher returns, right? It's possible that, you know, they have a pre-existing relationship with another syndicator, things like that. So to set yourself apart, it's really about providing that comfort level to investors so they feel good. Um, and safe about giving you that, you know, that $75,000 or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's right. And, and responsiveness is a, is a key. And I, I remember when it was just a, the two of us, you know, and we would, it would, just, it would take us a long time to get back to emails. And that leaves an impression on investors. These guys aren't trustworthy because I can't get them to respond. So our goal is to respond to every email within 24 business hours. So I'm really glad you're, you're here with us to help us help us with that and give our exp- investors a better experience. Um, if you are watching, listening to this, want to, or interested in investing with us, that report, again, is the michaelblank.com forward slash report. That gives you an introduction to passively investing in syndications. If you are interested in talking to us and talking to David about maybe investing with us in the future, uh, schedule a call with us by going to nighthawkequity.com and then clicking the join button. And that uh, you have a short form there, and then you can schedule a call with David. And you guys can, uh, can see if investing with us is the right fit. So, David, I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, Michael, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. All right, that was David Mylon, our Director of Investor Relations at Nighthawk Equity. And I hope you found that useful. If you're a syndicator, make sure you take care of your, of your, uh, of your investors. Turn them into raving fans. So hopefully you found that useful. If you want to learn the art of raising capital and you feel mentoring is right for you, check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. And you can fill out a short form and schedule a strategy session with us to see if that's the right thing for you. Raising money is at the heart of syndicating. And what I love about raising money is that you can do something out of nothing. You don't need your own money. You don't need your own experience. You you syndicate, you raise it from people. And the crazy thing is that uh, you're not begging people to give you money. No, you're educating them. You're sharing your enthusiasm about this fantastic asset class called multifamily syndications because it generates cash flow builds amazing wealth and reduces taxes. It's just amazing. It's the best investment vehicle on the planet. And so when you understand that, you want to share that with people. And that's exactly what we're doing uh, throughout this, this process here is to share that. And that's really the art of, of, uh, of raising capital is you're sharing your enthusiasm and you're educating them. And so that's what we teach uh, at the Michael Blanc Brands around raising capital. So if you value mentoring and you want to kind of accelerate the process, scale faster, then check out our mentoring program at themichaelblanc.com forward slash mentor. All right, you guys, I appreciate it. Catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.